Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to listen to the best music podcast ever? ever. Available on six platforms: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, and more. You're listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast with James Cox and Blake Mosley. Fell. Music Speaks interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, When Words Fail, Music Speaks. Uh, my name is Blake. I'm joined by James Cox. Um, today, we have a special guest for the podcast, uh, Casey Allen. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Casey Allen is, I'll be glad to tell you who he is. Uh, so he is the former drummer of Southern hardcore band, I guess, is the best term. Uh, is that what you guys would consider that? I would say so, yeah. It depends. Like, It's one of those things in the heavy genre that, depending on who you ask and you start talking subgenres, you can make some people mad real quick. Yeah, but, yeah, right. I'd say let's go for that. I, 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 was, I was like, that seems like the most appropriate way to, uh, to uh, coin that or use that term right there. But, uh, yeah, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Southern hardcore band embracing goodbye. Um, Casey Allen pulled a Dave Grohl uh, or Aaron Gillespie, however you want to do it. Um, whenever he started his duet act, uh, Season and Snare. Uh, but now Casey is the front man of the up and coming uh, pop group. Again, I don't know if that's what you guys would consider yourselves. I was like, this is pretty poppy. I can get behind this. Um, it's different for sure. Got, it's uh, different. It's different. It, it's and we'll talk about that. We'll we'll yeah. we'll roll into that a little bit. But uh, Heartmouth is the name of the group that he is in now. Uh, we're really excited to have him on the show today to talk about that and so much more. So hailing all the way from Raleigh, North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mr. Casey Allen. But I'm full of fire. Been at the top and the bottom. We throw rocks if we got them. Yeah, we throw rocks if we got them. I remember when you took the last hit and you found a way to look me in the eyes. Said that it'll be okay, so just get in the car and drive far away from here. Thanks for having me. Hey, Mr. Casey, what's going on? Yeah, man, this is this is uh this has been a long time coming because I looked back at the message that I sent you about coming on the show and it was september and i was like oh already september yeah that was that was way back in september and i never did anything else with it and i totally like it totally slipped my mind holidays came and i lost track of time and me and james were talking the other day james is really good with the interviews because he like sets up all these great interviews i don't get to send in on them every time but uh and i'm really jealous that i was not here for uh, Yogi from uh, Demon Hunter. Oh, was, you had Yogi on. Yeah, he was great. Oh, that is cool. But, but he did give you a shout out, so that's he did I, give I, me I, a shout out. Yes, I, I asked him to do yeah. that just for you. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking of you, man. I'm thinking of you. You know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Casey, uh, so Southern hardcore band. Um, 
okay, so when when he when he said that, I automatically think of like a like a like a more edgier Leonard Skinner. Am I correct? Uh on that number, or am I like way off? It was a much angrier Leonard Skinner. So we we got compared. It was more so like every now and then some people would would call us like a like a newer age Pantera kind of a thing, or um, yeah. Then like some of the bands that were popular at the time that we were also playing were bands like He Is Legend or uh, Maylene, Sons of the da- uh, Sons of the Disaster, and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'd play with Skinner. I don't care, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We probably scared the crowd there, but uh, yeah. Well, I can tell you, I remember the first time I ever saw you guys. Uh, I was in Charleston. Um, I cannot remember the name of the venue, but it was. I remember going to Charleston because a friend of mine, his name's Travis, uh, was like, "Hey, have you ever heard of Sent by Ravens?" And I was like, "I know the show. I remember that show." Yep. Ravens played that night, right? Yep, they did. Uh, along with Set Apart. Yeah. Oh, um, those were the good old days. That was the that was the trifecta. So I had never heard of Set Apart. I had never listened to Set My Ravens, and I had never heard of you guys. So imagine young, impressionable mind <laughs> that is Blake at this show, and I'm standing there, Set Apart played, and I was like, wow. That's cool. That was really good. That was really, really good. Yeah. Then you guys come out, and uh, this is before y'all used to intro uh, or walk out to Don't Stop Believing. Um, (laughs) I can't remember how you guys got, like, started that show. I think right before that, we would do, like, some Johnny Cash stuff. I think we would come out. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was something that I was like, hmm, Interesting. And I see Easy come across the stage, and he's got his overalls on. And I was like, mm, "This has got to be good." <laughs> and he had no shoes. And I was like, "Huh, yeah, this is this is interesting." He, he, he yeah. should have been. He he wound up having COVID, which was surprising. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's surprising because considering how much he went barefoot back then on all these gross stages, that oh should have been yeah. made him into coronavirus but. gosh yeah yeah I, I remember seeing something about that and and i hope he's doing well i don't know if you've talked to him recently. yeah he's fine now good yeah. good but yeah dude you guys got started and the show your so your your set was over and i went to the merch table and i think it was i think it was brian that was uh that was working the table that night and Paul was up there too. I remember it was Paul because I was like, the dude's hair is just this back when it was like way long. Yeah, he, he looked like Jesus, man. For real. He looked like he should have been in like a he was rock star Jesus. Uh, yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> but they you guys had a shirt that was like it said embracing goodbye shoots uh lightning, lightning out of, out of guitars. <laughs> like I'll we take one sorry. of those, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought the shirt. Um he threw in the CD. Uh, it was a uh, rock and roll. I did, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was like, "This is uh, this is awesome. This is like my new favorite band." Sentinel Ravens played, so I, I was like, "These are three bands that I just discovered in one night that I am now infatuated with. This is this is a whole new level for me. My music taste is expanding." Um, and I I wore out that album, and then you guys came to Harmony Church in Sumter. Where where I live, 
that was we that was like a huge gym that we played yeah. right that show right. I remember. And the power kept going out yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so i so I, I had worn out uh your first album front to back over and over and over again you guys didn't play a single song from that album except for jezebel mm. but you threw in the mr Brightside yeah. uh cover into it and i was like this is amazing but the songs you guys were playing i was like this is also amazing i'm gonna go to the merch table and buy this album so i bought evolution and that was when i went i met uh patrick and uh, mm-hmm. so Patrick also so- sold me a shirt and the CD. And uh, I remember the power kept going out at that show, which was incredible. And it made for a good time because everybody just went along with it and just kept singing. Right? And it was packed yeah. out, man. Yeah. At a church. Like, it was it was cool. Like, <laughs> um, And then I saw you guys for your, your final show uh, in South Carolina. It was in Hartsville. I remember that at another church. Uh, and uh, I, this is a funny story. And I have to tell it. And I, if my wife listens to this, she's probably going to kill me. But <laughs> there was a girl I was dating at the time uh, that I had already promised to take to that show. Uh, and we broke up the night before. Mm. Oh, so, man. Did you still take her? I still took her because I was like, look. You took your ex to a show. Oh, tell me, too, that she had never been to like a heavy show. Uh, she had. Kind of, sort of. I, I think she had, but I don't think she was a huge fan of it. So I was yeah. like, all right, look. You know, like the first time anybody ever goes to a heavy show, it's like, like it's cool, but at the same time, you're kind of scared for your life. <laughs> I'm just imagining that plus the awkwardness of having to be there with your ex. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, I, I felt bad, and I was like, look. If you want to still go, we can go. Like, I'm mean, like, I got the we're, tickets. We're done, so I know. got the car. Let's just go, right? Now. No. <laughs> I got the ticket, baby. Say, it's an awkward ride there. It's an awkward ride back home. Anyway, yeah. um, so that was over with, and then, uh, you know, you guys, you guys kind of disbanded. You did the reunion show. Um, I think it was in Raleigh. Yeah, um, 2014. Yeah. Yep, and that was incredible just because it had been so long and like you know you guys mixed up older stuff newer stuff uh we had all the lineups on that show too like travis came out and patrick came out and like unreal first time that we ever had both like travis and patrick on a stage together at the same time and that was right. that was that i was in heaven the whole time it was so much oh, fun. man there's a bit vi- there's a video on youtube right now of you guys playing jezebel and it's like yeah. all you guys together and it was just it's, yeah. it gives me chills every time I watch it. Cause I'm like, man, this is such a fun time in my life. Just so many great memories that come back whenever I think about you guys and going to those shows and the people I was hanging around with at that time. And just, it, it's, it's, it's special to me. So that, that's just so cool. But um, once you started expanding and you started, you, you know, embracing the Bible was over, you started announcing you were doing season and snare. I was like, Oh, this is cool. Um, and then I listened to it, and I was like, "Casey's got like an angelic voice." <laughs> you do for somebody that can just rip on the drums so hard. He's got a great voice. This is so cool, and it was it was neat because I like I learned about all the different instruments that you could play, and uh, I was like, "He really is like a Dave Grohl." <laughs> that is the highest compliment I think I've ever gotten. <laughs> I don't know that I'm worthy for that, but I appreciate it. No, you- 
beyond <laughs> worthy, dude. It, it's it it is incredible. And then uh, when you announced you were doing Heartmouth, um, got me excited because like, oh, this is this is cool. I'm I'm following everybody as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you put out Worth It, uh, and we played it on my other podcast, uh, Not Religious, I had several people message me and was like, hey, what was the name of that? uh that song that you played again and i was like well we played like three because we always like do (laughs) so which one (laughs) so you gotta specify and it was cool there was a lot of people that um got turned on to heart mouth through that episode we did awesome thanks for for playing it on there too yeah of course man that's a it's a good song really is um thank you but uh james do you want me to take this first now that i'm done Ranting and gushing yeah. over him. <laughs> Just for like nostalgia's sake, I had a memory coming back because you said the first EG show you ever saw was the was the Charleston show. Yeah, and I have very fond memories of that show, which makes it even better that that was the first time you ever saw us because I really remember. So bringing it back to Easy, he was having a bad night that night. He had just gotten a new bass. Mm-hmm. We opened that set with with Jezebel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah, we opened with Jezebel that night. And uh, Easy had like a new base, and he could not get any, any of his gear to work right. He was having a bad night. All of his gear was working right. He couldn't get sound out of it. So like right when like you know like it's near the beginning of the song where we had that breakdown and then like, yeah, that part. And Easy like first song in took his new base and just started smashing it and pieces flying everywhere. Um, JJ from from Ravens, he had like a piece. He had to like dodge it like the Matrix, you know, like at him and stuff. And like I remember seeing everybody on the front row just being like, "Who are these guys?" <laughs> we do every show, which was not. He just, he was just really frustrated that night, and he just demolished all of his gear first song in, and then in through easy fashion, we got time to play the second song out of a whole set. And he's like, "I don't have a bass to play. I don't know what to do." <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I had no idea that was going on. I, it seems like I do remember something like that happening, and that might, might have been one of those things that made me say, <laughs> Thank what, you. Am I, what am I doing here? But I love it. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't go to Charleston or think about Charleston without thinking about easy, just like hurting people in the crowd from baseball flying everywhere. <laughs> anyway, I do remember. I just had to say that. No, you're good. Something else I remember from that show, too, that – stood out to me was Paul got up there and after a few songs in, he was like, in case you guys didn't know, fat is the new black. And then you guys just started like ripping into something. <laughs> I, was like, I love these guys. Yeah. This is great. And I remember like on the way home, Facebook status and, and I just put fat is the new black and, and like it was awesome. Tons of likes. I was like, only <laughs> if you were there. Oh man. Um, so what, at what age did you start playing music or singing was it an instrument or what was your introduction to that yeah so uh when i turned 11 so well my birthday and christmas are three days apart so it was either my birthday or christmas but i just turned 11 or, or it was christmas one or the other my parents randomly got me a drum set i'd never asked for one um i'd never really played music as far as i know before you know i was convinced at that point i was still going to grow up and be a power ranger um, but, uh, music came in and that kind of took over instead. So, you know, maybe Power Rangers still in the, in the, eventually, somewhere. I mean, um, but yeah, so I, I didn't even know what to do with it. I was just kind of like, thanks guys. And like, I put it together and I didn't know what to do. I was literally just like 
banging around making god awful noise like I, I know mom and dad probably bought more tylenol that month um but i had uh, i had a buddy of mine that came over and he wasn't even like a musician per se he wasn't a drummer per se but he could do your basic you know he could do your basic your basic eight note beat and um he did that and i saw it and my gears just started turning i was just like you can actually do things on here that doesn't sound like a migraine like that is amazing. <laughs> And uh, I got him to teach me how to do that. And then at that point, I, I just kind of I became obsessed. I started self-teaching myself. I would listen to songs on the radio and CDs and stuff. And I would just literally figure out like, okay, this sounds like that was on that. Or this part sounds like it was over here. And I would just do that until I was copying what I was hearing. Um, and uh, and that's something that my parents always said that I did when I was a kid. They said that I would always do like impressions, uh, whether it be of like actors or, or musicians, singers. I was just always like impersonating people. Um, and I guess that's why they wanted to see how I would do it with music and stuff. Um, I started taking drum lessons from Ivan Hampton. He was, uh, I remember like Luther Vandross, like R&B from the 80s and stuff. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was Luther's drummer and he does work with like Beyonce, Usher, like all these R&B cats, like Crazy oh, wow. by Beyonce, like that's him on drums on that song. Oh, wow. And he decided to settle down after Luther Vandross died. Uh, his wife lived in Clayton, which is like maybe 20 minutes from me. Um, and so there's a, there's a music studio there and he was offering lessons. So I was like, yeah, I'll take lessons. Cool. And he taught me like a lot of, uh, a lot of other foundational stuff. Um, but honestly, like I, I only took lessons for probably about two years because uh, I was an angsty little emo kid that wanted to play loud rock and roll all the time. And he had me doing more like, you know, bossa nova, samba, a lot of Latin grooves and stuff that actually makes you a good musician, you know? <laughs> At the time, I was like, no, I didn't want to frat. Like, I was listening to everything, you know? Um, so I quit and I, I was telling myself, you know, like I want to play really technical music on drums. So like either play jazz or play metal and like the emo kid that I was like, I, I, I was drawn to metal. Um, and yeah, and that was kind of my start to music. And then like along the way, um, I just started picking up, you know, um, I, I wanted to write, I wanted to be able to write songs and, uh, it was hard for me to write a song the way I wanted to, like just on a drum set, which is a non melodic instrument. Um, yeah. So I just picked up guitar and piano both around the same time, around like age 17, 19, um, and just learned basic chords along the way, just enough to be able to kind of write out song ideas that I had. And um, there, there's kind of like two sides to the way my brain works when it comes to the uh, like instrumentation. Like if I'm on drums, I just want to play loud rock and roll, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then it's funny, I'll do that. And then when I pick up a guitar or a piano, I'm playing like really like ballad, like super chilled out stuff. Like you wouldn't think is something that I would care about. You know? um, so it's fun to be able to just like be an animal behind drums and, and just like throw my body all over everywhere. And then yeah. just pick up a guitar and just do the whole like singer songwriter kind of a thing, you know? Um, and yeah. And ever, and then along the way there, just naturally I, I got to where I was wanting to record all the time um but i didn't have a lot of money um and so i couldn't always afford like studio time um and i had friends along the way that had studios that are like look just like uh do session work for me on drums when i need you and then um i'll record you for free and that was really nice um but it got to the point where i was wanting to record more than the work i was being asked to do so i was just at that point i was like well let me learn how to like record myself let me learn how to like how to go about music production and you know, the music side of things that involve sitting in front of a computer screen and editing for hours and, you know, 
all those things mixed together just kind of led me to uh, kind of what Heartmouth is now. Heartmouth is definitely the most laid back project that I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, it's fun because it's something that I get to do completely on my own terms. Um, and that's been, that's been fun. You know, it's Heartmouth is really a solo project. Um, and, but with that being said, it, it's fun to have that freedom to bring in anyone and everyone for any given song that I want to do. You know, um, if I, if I'm writing one song where it needs, um, like a lot of shreddy guitar stuff that I can't do, like I call it Patrick, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I've had, you know, like my friend Ashlyn, uh, that's not even like an actual like musician. She just has a really sweet voice. And there was yeah. one song I was working on where I wanted a female voice on. And I'm just like, Hey, come over here and track. She's like, I don't even know. She'd never like put on headphones before, you know, um, and, like got her through that. So it's fun to have a project where I can literally bring in anyone and everyone, depending on what I need to do. Um, and that's kind of like my goal for what I want to do in music is just to be able to write songs the way I want to. But, um, not to have just like a set band or like set band members or whatever. It's just like, it's kind of all of our collective project. You know what I mean? It's something that everyone can be proud of, which is, yeah. And I've worked really hard towards and want to keep working at that. Cool. Yeah. So before I get to my next question that I have for you, I got to know, cause you are a, a, a really good drummer from what I heard on my Apple music um, program. Blake's a drummer. So I gotta know, okay, so they're just really long um and um um uh I like okay, so who okay, so there's been talks about who is the best drummer of all time, either Neil Peart or John Bonham. Okay. So I'm a Bonham and, guy. If I have to pick between the two, I'm gonna go Bonham. It, it, Bonham uh, just does it for me, man, too. I don't know what it is about him, but um Misty Mountain Hop, man, he just suckered me in from there, you know. So I love, don't get me wrong, like Neil Peart. Neil Peart, yeah. You know, he's very methodical. Right. In his, um, Bonham has more of like, Neil Peart's funny because he's like, he, you know, he has a very methodical approach to rock and roll. And well, then John Bonham is kind of just, he puts that rock and roll attitude into the playing. And I, like, I just always related to that more. Like I grew up listening to a lot of the who, so like, I love Keith moon. Like, yes, Keith, yeah. That's oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Big thing that made me want to like go crazy on drums when I'm behind drums because you never saw Keith moon where he wasn't just like, he was like Bigfoot, like Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot blur. It's like he was always moving so fast that he was, yeah. just, I was like, I want to do that. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, I would be animal from the Muppets, you know? It's like that powerful, dude. Animal from the Muppets he's was based on Keith Moon. Real life, dude. Yeah, yeah, real life animal right there, you know? Yeah, but sure. um, So we're going to take you back all the way to your high school days. Sure. So are you ready? <laughs> all right. Good so, let me get in the time ball. <laughs> there you go, dude. Okay, so um, as you were growing up and as you started your lifelong journey with music, in your high school days, did you have any aspirations to start a band in high school? Or, or was it way later that you was like, okay, well, I, I, I learned the drums and the uh, guitar. So, you know, what was it like later life or did you start in high school? That's essentially what I'm asking you. So this is going to be a story that's going to make me seem like a terrible person, but fun <laughs> that's, never, so, that's never good. Yeah. <laughs> so I started drumming when I was 11 and stuff. And then I was, I got obsessive, you know, like I said earlier, so like in high school, really the only extracurricular things I ever did in high school is like I ran track and cross country. 
Um, so I would do that. And then at that point I would come home and I would hurry up and either do my homework as fast as I could, or I was just like, ah, it's just homework. We don't have to do that. What's a C, you know? Um, and I was practicing drums. <laughs> um, C is passing. Yeah. C is passing, you know? Um, so Let it ride. yeah, yeah. So no, no name there. Who please? A's are for quitters. Kids watching this, don't be like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so I, w- I would spend literally six to seven hours a day just up in my parents' attic practicing drums. Like, no exaggeration, it would be at least six hours a day. I was obsessed. Um, so this would have been my late sophomore year going into my junior year. I had a buddy of mine, um, and he played guitar, and we were like best friends, right? Um, and we wanted to start a band, but it was one of those things. It was just me and him, and we never made it out of my attic. You know, <laughs> we wrote like two songs or whatever. But we had like a big falling out. I don't even remember what the falling out was over, but we had some, you know, high school drama falling out. And I remember right before we had our falling out, we went to go see there was there was a show um, uh, nearby. And there was a lot of heavy bands playing. And at the time, I'd never listened to heavy music at all. Like, for me, heavy music was like, like Switchfoot just released the beautiful letdown. Um, that was heavy, you know? No, that's why, like, Reanimation by Linkin Park was the first CD I ever bought. Um, Good CD. So, yeah. Good CD. Yeah. yeah. It was what? It's a fantastic CD. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I grew up on, like, Linkin Park and Switchfoot, and even though those are two, like, different attitudes. But um, <laughs> I'd never been to, like, a, like a metal show, um, like, with screaming and stuff. And uh, the headliner that night was a band called Embracing Goodbye. Um, and uh, Seth fell in love with Embracing Goodbye and um, wanted to write, start writing music like that. Well, we had our big falling out. And um, one thing that he said that stuck with me, he said that you will never amount to anything in music. And mm. a week and a half later, I tried out for his favorite band and I got in. And- <laughs> <laughs> Showed in, didn't you? Yeah, so I started playing in, in Embracing Goodbye in high school, and I've been doing mu- music full-time for a living ever since and nothing else, so cheers. <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider that a, a bad that doesn't make you a bad person at all. I think uh, no. I think all that was was just motivation. It was definitely motivation. Yeah, yeah. And you took it, man. I mean, that's funny. And the thing is now, like the thing, like there's no hard feelings about the guy. Like we haven't really talked much since, but there's no bad blood. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, high school is high school. You know, um, but it is fun that like even like throughout the years, even like through my 20s and stuff. Like I just turned 31, mm-hmm. um, and even throughout like my 20s, like any time that I would start you know, questioning, like, do I need to get out of the music thing or whatever? I'll come back to just the fact that I was told at one point, you will never amount to anything in music. And that drives me to do my next thing. And it just like, it never stops. And sometimes stuff like that is, it is the best motivator. You know, one thing about me, I am one hard headed dude and uh, nobody's tell me like, I can't do something if my mind is set on something. And if they tell me I can't, that turns into motivation. So (laughs) see, you're just like me. Cause I'm, Cause I've been told it's like, I can't do nothing, you know, cause I'm handicapped and I've, you know, I, 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 I've heard a lot of people, you can't do something that gives me more motivation, just like Absolutely. you said, to get out there and show them, show them you're wrong, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, that, that is the, that is the best medicine. It right is. There. It is. Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned, um, this isn't my next question, but I thought it was interesting. So you mentioned that when you were in, you, when you were in high school and you had the band, it was just you and the guy and you guys kind of just wrote songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I had a very similar experience. Um, I was 10 years old when I started playing drums. You started uh, before I did. Well, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm 29 now. Uh, so I was probably, it was in high school. I was probably 15, no, 14, 15, something like that. Anyway, was uh, in a band with this guy that I had known since we were in like kindergarten. Yeah. And kind of lost touch for a while there kind of reconnected once I started playing drums and he was playing guitar. He was a huge Nirvana fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looked up to Kurt Cobain, uh, lived by Kurt Cobain, like it, it just everything Nirvana. Right. So we started playing music and uh, all he wanted to do was Nirvana songs, but not like the hits, like the yeah. deep underground like songs that I had no idea even existed yeah. and before. Like you could easily just pull it up on YouTube or Spotify or anything like that. You had to really dig deep to find these songs. So I was like, how do you even discover this? So hmm. we started playing music and started writing songs and they sounded a lot like this, these underground Nirvana tracks. And I was like, Corey, I think, we probably, if we're going to be like a cover band, we probably should stick more with like come as you are uh, heart shaped box, something like that. Something that people know, you know, yeah. you got play and something they can listen to. Cause I, I don't think a lot of people know these tracks <laughs> and that led to a huge falling out between us. And <laughs> I was, I, but it was so, it was so funny cause we had that little band. We were called Pyronite. Nice. Uh, P-Y-R-O-N-I-T-E. Nice. Um, I'm pretty sure there's still a MySpace page somewhere. <laughs> um, it's been changed names to The Old and then changed names to uh, The Pacifists. Oh, that's a great name, though. And then went back to Pyronite. So it was like this. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, was so, it was so funny because, like, I, I was a big Blink. I'm still a big Blink fan. But, like, I just wanted to play Travis Barker stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. He was really into Nirvana. We had another guy that would play with us occasionally that was really into Dream Theater. So you could see, like, all these things <laughs> are trying to mix, and they just can't. Let's play Nirvana at 182-style tempo. <laughs> And let's do it in thirteen sixteen time. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like it was it did not <laughs> did not work. So that that's one reason why Pyro Knight is no more. Uh, uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> so who is who would you say is your biggest musical influence? Like when it comes to songwriting, playing, anything like that. Yeah. So it changes depending on what I'm doing. So. Um, for me, uh, like growing, I guess like starting off growing up drumming, it was literally like the two you've already mentioned, like Dave Grohl and Eric mm-hmm. Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like growing up in the in the late two thousands, playing music like during like the scene days and stuff. Like Under Oath was, you know, that that they were the best, and um, yeah. watching like Aaron go from like being an animal behind the drums and also being able to sing while he was drumming at the same thing was something that I personally like connected a lot with and was something I was trying to do. And then to watch him like step out and like start the almost and stuff and, and saying like, Oh, like drummers can like, they can do things too, besides just being the back of the stage. And like, that was a big motivator for me. And then, you know, 
uh, it was, you know, any, anybody in the, in the scene, you get like crap on for saying this, but like, I, I really cared more about Aaron Gillespie before I ever really truly learned about like Dave Grohl and like the Nirvana and Foo Fighters story. It was like, you know, but what can you do? Yeah. Um, you go up and then you do, you, you know, you learn your history and stuff. And, um, and then watching Dave and his journey too, it was just like, that was kind of what I was doing, especially at the time. What that was before I started getting into like full songwriting and getting into the pop world and kind of, you know, leaving the heavier scene. And so if I was just playing rock and roll at the time and like there was nobody better than Dave and Aaron. Yeah. Um, and then like as a nowadays, like getting into things, I basically have like two, two big people. It's uh, Ryan Tedder um, from the singer of One Republic. Um, he is my like songwriting hero um, and, and, and singing hero too. Just the things that he did, that he does with his voice. It's just out of this world. Yeah. Um, anytime I want to just try to do like a vocal workout um, to try to just like get stronger with my voice, I just try to do literally anything that he does. And uh, <laughs> that is a workout. Yeah. Um, and just like his ability to write a hit, you know, like he's written so many hits, like for, you know, Beyonce, Leona Lewis and Adele and like literally anyone and everyone. And that is a goal of mine. I would love to write um, just a, a huge song that that somebody huge can can take and sing and and i get a lot of um i got i've got nothing but all just respect and and stuff for him he's a hero of mine and then probably my favorite artist uh an irish singer his name's dermot kennedy um and if you ever follow my social media you probably see me posting a song of his on my story like every other day <laughs> um, yeah it, that's just one dude that um if you ever find those you know it's very rarely you'll find those people uh who writes something that you don't just listen to and appreciate, but it literally it like moves your core. You know what I mean? Um, and that is somebody that does that for me, the way he goes about his lyricism and then the way he delivers his lyrics. Um, it just, it, it, it shapes my insides in the best yeah. way. It just makes me feel alive. And no matter what is going on in my life, the happy, the sad, anywhere in between, uh, that is one artist that just always moves me on a very like existential level. Um, and you hold on to those because they're so, they're so few and far between, you know, and then that's kind of my big motivator for what I want to do with new stuff from here on out with, uh, with heart mouth releases. It's been you know nearly a year since I've really had an official release, uh, but I've been working very hard over the past year, nonetheless. And a lot of it is just from, having discovered some of my favorite artists and stuff like this and wanting to be able to make sure that anything I release is nothing but the most like sincere and passionate delivery that I can give to something. So, so yeah, those are, those are kind of my influences across the broad spectrum of things. Yeah. Nice. Sure. Nice. They're all, they're all good, you know, in, inspirations, you know, because yeah. inspirations is a very good thing, especially when it comes to music, you have something to, to go off towards that, you know, and try to make your better me, you know, your music better you know absolutely but um i know that no instrument can be totally mastered but um out of all the instruments that you can play or you played in the past um is there any one that you mastered and which of, which of those is your favorite whether it's drums singing guitar i will never say that i mastered any <laughs> instrument whatsoever but i will say that is that um, I am really, I am a musical hack. Um, so what I do is I play a lot of different things and I, I know a, a bit about like production and stuff now. Um, but I know 
I, I have like a, a bag of tricks with every instrument that I play that make me seem better than what I actually am. <laughs> and, so that is kinda, and I play off of those advantages, you know, so, um, so it's not that I am not a virtuoso at any instrument whatsoever, but I will say that if I had to sit down in a jam session with people, um, that there, I am going for those guys right back there. I am a drummer tried and true to the end of the day. Drums are one instrument that I can sit down on and be like, all right, what do we play in? Let's jam. And I, I feel at home. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable. I feel, um, you know, I feel like I can hold my own. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I my bag of tricks on guitar and piano and stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm limited. I'm much more limited on those things. Um, <laughs> uh, Otherwise, I would say probably singing, which is a new thing. Um, if anything, like I've been singing for a long time now, but I've never been comfortable with it literally until now. And that's the best thing that quarantine has done for me because I said a second ago, I haven't released anything in about a year. And a lot of that is because like over quarantine, you know, not only having to completely isolate uh, just because of like my lungs and stuff. Um, but I also like, I was in a relationship at the very, very beginning of quarantine and like that ended. So like, uh, so like she moved out and it was literally just me and my dog here at the house. And that gave me time to just sit. Like, I didn't have to worry about being quiet certain times of the day or night or whatever. It was like, I could literally come in at any time and just practice my voice. And one thing that was happening beforehand is I would always try to sing like really aggressively, I guess sometimes, even like in the in the pop stuff I was playing, like I was singing really aggressively and I was always blowing my voice out. Uh, I could be really happy with the way I was sounding for like one session or one show or something. And then I would go two days after and like would not be able to open my mouth and speak. Um, mm. And that had to change. And that's one thing I really started working on a whole lot over quarantine is just kind of changing the way I sing um, to be more healthy with singing and and now it's really nice to be able to most of the time anyway you know i'll go and i'm doing a lot of like top line vocal work for for artists all over the world now um nice and and, uh so i'm constantly like there'll be multiple times per week where i'm doing vocal sessions that last you know three hours at a time Mm -hmm. um it's really important to me now to be able to to do that and be able to not only hold out for those three hours but then to also wake up the next day and be able to do it again you know right Mm -hmm. So yeah, singing has been like a, it, it, that's a new thing for me to say that I feel comfortable doing it. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I would say it, to answer your question, bring it back. I'm giving you really long answers. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. That's uh, great. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Drum, yeah. Drums and singing are the two things that I feel most comfortable with now. Okay. So now that you said that, I have another question that has a two-parter for you. Okay. Sure. So if I I'll come in. I'll try the answers in uh, under 20 minutes a piece. <laughs> no, man, take your time, take your time. So, so, so if I came in and I'm like, okay, um, I want to learn how to play drums. What's the first thing you would teach me how to play with the drums? It would not even be uh, anything to do with the drums. We would practice making sure you can tap your head and rub your belly at the same time. Okay. And then just move your hands and be able to do that. And uh, coordination. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Coordination, okay. for sure. I come before even touching a pair of drumsticks. Okay. Same yeah. question, but with singing. <laughs> Breathing. Same, same thing. thing. Before you even try to match it up. Yeah, same thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It would just be about breathing the right way because singing uh, – you know, so much of how to actually get, you know, whether it be range or tone um, comes from the way you're positioned and the way you're breathing and stuff. So we would do some breathing exercises. And what I do a lot of times is something that I was taught um, is to uh, lay down flat and put a book on your stomach mm-hmm. and breathe. 
and watch the book rise and fall. And that's the same way we need to breathe when we sing, which is the way that if you watch a newborn uh, baby breathe, that's the way they naturally breathe. Like we naturally breathe that way. And over time we develop bad habits and we breathe like this up in our shoulders and stuff. And that also that affects our tone and our range and stuff in a negative way. So yeah, half of that is just learning how to breathe right, which sounds dumb. But <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean, if it works for you, then then that's going that's for your for yeah, your client too. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, thanks, thanks for that. Anytime. Is that the orange uh, crush kit back there? By the way, it is. You remember that thing? Yeah, I and, remember it. Yeah, but right out of the frame there is um, is my Gretsch kit from the Embracing Goodbye Days. So they're they're right. both here still. I remember the reunion show. Uh, you, oh, yeah. had that, yeah. you played that crush kit and. So don't stop believing was over that that was that was done and I I think it was I think it was Genesis you guys started with that doo, 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 doo. yeah and I was like oh yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mm. th- things just sounded so good especially when you brought the tones and I was like I gotta get one of those so I started like immediately all the whole way home mm. I just started like looking up like crush kits because I heard of them no do what. Are you playing crushes now? No. Oh man, I, it's 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 still out of the uh, the budget right now. Yeah. I've, I've got an old PDP kit that I've had since high school that used to have like a red, uh, like a red um, stain on it, and then I worked at a automotive paint store that <laughs> uh, we were. <laughs> The, the one of the guys that I worked with painted cars and he was like, you know, a lot of instruments are painted with automotive paint. And I was like, really? Okay. Interesting. And he's like, yeah, if you ever want to like paint your drums or something, just let me know. And I was like, cool, I'll do that. So I looked up how to do it and he had some paint. He was about to throw away. It was like a gold. It's the, it's the drums that send that, uh, In cover the- that I did. Yeah. So it's a, that's just like a PDP, like FS or FX kit, whatever it is. They don't make them anymore. It was that's like four hundred bucks. You have the only one like it with the with the automotive paint job on it, man. That's awesome. That's me. <laughs> like he he was about to throw that paint away, so I was like, "Yeah, dude, let's just do it that. Let's fade yeah. black at the top and the bottoms, and we'll let's just go with that." I've had that same kit forever. I haven't gotten a new one, so that's like I can't. I'll never get rid of my Gretches, man. Like my like my my crush kit. Like I love it. And it's funny, like you're talking about the reunion show. Like I was the same way when I was playing it. I was just like, "Oh man, this is hitting." Yeah. Because Gretsch kit, don't get me wrong, it's great. Like, it's my good kit. Anytime I'm doing any kind of session work or if I'm doing something pop or country or, you know, any anything that's a little bit lighter, um, I'll reach for the Gretsches. But anything rock and roll, man, like, the yeah. crush, it's, it's all ash. It's 100% ash. Yeah. And um, they just, you can tune them low without farting out on you. And, like, they yeah. <laughs> you, they punch you in the gut and i love it, it cuts yeah man it just cuts through everything especially all those and and i remember messaging you about a snare that you used for evolution and it was uh i think it was a um pork pie so uh there, there's two different snares so i've got i've got a, a, a few snares in my collection but the two that i really use exclusively um, the one that's on my crush kit right now is actually custom made um, in South Carolina. If you remember in Greenville, there used to be a, a, a venue called The Channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there was a guy there that ran a company called uh, MBW Drums. 
um okay. he did like he custom made drums and he he did uh he got pretty pretty popular with that for a while i don't know if he's still doing it but he was doing some stuff for some big artists and stuff and i got him to custom make that snare for me it's a 14 by 8 it's huge it's uh, it's all oak so again it's, it's super loud you know yeah, um, yeah. oddly enough it sounds really good on like when it, again if i do like country songs or something like that like it sounds really great on that kind of stuff um i don't think i, I was thinking that i used that for the evolution stuff but i didn't have that then so i used uh my other main snare is i have it's a 1964 premier connoisseur um mm-hmm obviously don't make them anymore they're, they're from the 60s but, um, <laughs> something that i found like a buddy of mine um was moving out and um uh, up and up in his attic he was like hey man i found this random snare up in my attic i won't ever use it you want it and i Hell went yeah. saw it. you know they say that that's the best thing for me yeah you'll never use it so um yeah and it's and it's funny because that thing is only it's only like a five and a half it's like a 14 by five and a half but that thing is louder than my 14 by eight that it is huge it's my go-to for rock and roll yeah and the one you think would be my rock and roll kit yeah. Uh, it's kind of good for the lighter stuff. So, yeah. Well, see, you know what they say is like this: it's, it's every is uh, the best. The best stuff has always been in the fifties and sixties and seventies. So I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Anytime you get a chance to grab any music gear from you know the eighties or before, just do right. it because it's probably going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um. So what do, what do I have here? Uh. So can you tell us how? Heartmouth came to be like how did that get started where does the name come from too that's yeah. Yeah. the name is really simple and it's really kind of cheesy too when you think about it but the whole point of it was just i want to write the most sincere forms of, of songs ever whether it's about experiences that i've experienced myself or mm-hmm. if i'm writing about experiences that i've seen other people have and i want to kind of quantify that as if they had written it i want to put my all into it so everything comes from the heart and i sing it mm-hmm. out of my mouth and it's as simple as that um that's that's perfect sorry what that's perfect oh thank you that that name is Uh, perfect yeah yeah and uh so the way it came about was uh after season and snare it ended so the thing about season and snare is uh the girl that that i had that duo with we were also we were in a relationship and we dated so um Mm -hmm. naturally like when we broke up it kind of forced the band to break up too i guess uh at least at the time like we're friends again now and it's cool and we always joke about like you know we actually released a song like last year i think Mm -hmm. under the season snare name and stuff um so it's a lot less awkward now but um at the time it was that naturally went away too and it was just i was forced into being in a position where i was just like all right what's my next move with music you know um and i'd come from you know playing in bands stuff from embracing goodbye to i had a band with some buddies of mine called bird in the hand at one point um i remember that yeah 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 um and then like season snare was much more condensed it was just the two of us and i it just kind of felt like the right move for the first time to be like well let me take a stab at like a solo thing you know um and yeah it kind of just came from a point of you know just where i was in life it just kind of made sense to um to go solo and it was i was at a point too where i really wanted to do things like completely on my own terms you know i didn't want to i was like really hard-headed at the time i was going through like my quarter life crisis and i did not want to compromise on music you know like (laughs) you've been in a band and you know how it goes where uh you know 
you get something you're in love with and then one of your bandmates are like, no, I can't do that. And, and a lot of times that's good because I mean, I still stand by the fact that collaboration is the best way to go about music. And I, even though I'm solo, I collaborate all the time on almost every song um, with someone. Um, but at the end of the day, it still gets to be like, I don't have to worry about releasing it if I don't 100% believe in, in the song and if it doesn't mean anything to me. So yeah, it just kind of came out of just where I was in life. Um, and um, yeah, and, and I started along the way, I started missing being in a band too. So I recently, like this past year, even though we can't play shows yet, obviously, um, <laughs> I joined a, uh, my buddies, they got a band called the Bronze Age, just like pop punk. Um, mm-hmm. I say pop punk, they get mad when I call it that. It's really just like rock and roll. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, it's like good old rock and roll, but, um, uh, yeah, it, it's fun to play. It's going to be fun to play drums again. Like we're, we're hitting a studio up in New Jersey in March, um, to record some stuff and that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, so I, I I'm doing like heart mouth is my, is my baby. It's my main thing, but yeah, it is going to be fun to be able to kind of go and, and thrash on the drums again. So, yeah. Uh, so, so I'm talking about collaborations with, with other uh, musicians uh can you tell us about your collaboration with the former embracing goodbye guitarist patrick wilkins on nothing at all yeah yeah so uh yeah so basically like a, a couple of questions uh, questions ago i was talking about how like the whole point of Heartmouth was to be uh to just create a community of um whatever musician or whatever sound that i wanted to do for any particular song that i was working on I wanted to be able to bring in whoever I wanted for it instead of having to just kind of stick with like, okay, well, this is the guitarist in this band or this is the keyboardist in this band, you know, and so it has to be them. Um, I want to be able to bring in whoever I want, whenever I want. And um, I was writing, I was writing that song back then. That was like, I think 2018, I think is when, when I did that song. Um, And it was, it came, I, I was riding through and I got to this bridge section, like right before this bridge. And there was this, like, there was this high note that I hit and it went into just what felt like to me wanted to be a super like 80s style guitar solo, like just get really extra with it. And like when I was producing it, I was just thinking like this has Patrick's name all over it. <laughs> yeah. so I just, I, I called him up. I was like, Hey man, um, do you want to do, and I couldn't even finish my sentence. He was like, yep, I'm down. Send it to me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Like, literally like, and you know, Patrick, like he is a machine and yeah. but he's also so humble too. And like, he sent something back. It was not long. I want to say it was the same day or day after or something like that. It was very little turnover time. And he sent me back something. He's like, Hey man, here's like an idea. Just tell me what you know. Uh, tell me what you like, what you don't like. We'll fix it and, and stuff like that. And like, he sent me like the first thing and I'm like, that's it. I'm using it. Like, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's how that came to be is just, uh, I'll listen to a track that I'm working on and that track needed some really like uh, shreddy 80s style, like guitar soloing in there. And it had Patrick's name written all over it and he was down to work on it. So it worked out. Nice. Uh, I love watching his videos, man. He just like, and like to see him get into it the the way that he does. His alien fingers, man. I tell him all the time he's shitty because his palms are like the same size as mine, but his fingers come out to like here. Oh, God. <laughs> he's got like he's a 20 foot range stretch. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, Jimmy Hendrix had, had long fingers too, and he was like the one of the, well, he is the greatest guitarist ever, I think. You know? Yeah. So, he's up there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, do you have, are there any plans to collaborate with any other guys from Embracing Goodbye, or is Patrick the only one that you've ever collaborated with? Yeah, um, well, me and uh, me and Easy, uh, we're, we're constantly working on things together. And mm-hmm. well, as of recently, so we, we had gotten to the point where we, we he was coming over semi regularly, even either to work on like some heart mouth stuff or some Bronze Age stuff. Uh, and then I had to start quarantining a little a, a little extra hard when things got bad, like in my neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, and then he like he got COVID. He got put in the hospital for a, for a bit with it. And um, and then we so I haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, um, I, I always want to be working with Easy on stuff. Whenever I hear him on stuff, and like he'll send me songs uh, or he'll send me ideas and stuff that I can't wait to be able to sit down whenever the world's halfway normal again yeah. and to be able to kind of really pick apart stuff. But yeah, there there, there are plans to get like Easy on some on some things and. I don't. I know he's known as like a bassist and guitarist and stuff, but I don't know if you ever seen him on a piano, man. But that dude, he can shred a piano. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, he can shred a piano. He can do that old time like ragtime playing, man. Like it's <laughs> it's real fun. That's um, so cool. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, him especially, I want on a track. Um, those are really kind of the only two dudes left that really do music full time. Like I, I always talk about Brian, like I always say, Brian, come over anytime I want to do stuff, but his job has him traveling all the time. Um, I would, in a heartbeat, I would do stuff with Brian, you know, like, yeah, I'm open to whoever. It's just um, that, that one song that came about, it was just the way that Patrick goes about the way he, his brain thinks about guitar is kind of like how I was thinking about that part. So yeah. I went, but yeah, I would, I would love to have all the, all the dudes on here. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we're going to talk about your um, your single, I think, The World is on Fire. And I think that's, like, one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my life. Not oh, just saying you. that. It's, it's, it's a really uh, uh, telling song today. But I was watching the video over and over and over today. And, and first time I watched it, I'm like, okay, well, there's a song coming up. It's going to be a great song, right? It's going to be a, like a like a mellow song. <laughs> nope. Next, the, 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 <laughs> the next, the next screen is a four thousand pound juggernaut tank. I'm like, this is not this is not what I thought it was, man. Um, so, for from from for me, I think this is a telling song about today's. Uh, uh, situations that we're living in now. Uh, but the question that I have for you is, in the song, uh, you said that, uh, I don't think I can live without you, right? So is that, is someone telling you, is, is that song about a person or about the whole situation of the whole world right now? So, I mean, it was really written towards the situation as a whole. So, so, that song is really kind of like an anomaly of of kind of what I do, like because at the time I had other releases set, and and this song was written real quick within you know written and produced within two weeks time or something from the point of like having the first idea to the point where like it was getting sent out to master um, and that kind of thing, and we had a lot of different people working on that song at the time i was trying out i was trying to make heart mouth the band so i kind of had like bandmates but then it was still we were reaching out we had other people involved yeah. and there too and that was a very big collaborative effort from a few different people there wound up being about i think there was like six or seven people involved in that song um wow and when i first got the idea of that song i wanted to write a song so my favorite movie of all time is forrest gump 
Yes. And yeah. There's a lot of Forrest Gump references in that song. Um, <laughs> in the movie, there's like that. That song is just chock full of Forrest Gump quotes. Yeah. Um, so um, the song was kind of about that, but then at the same time, when I first started getting ideas for like this Forrest Gump type song, it was really cheesy. Like I, I showed it to 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 a couple guys in. Um, and they were, I could tell really quick, like they were really trying to politely be like, well, we should probably re- rework that a little bit, you know? And like, I'm just like, yo, does it suck? No, like, yeah, it kind of sucks. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, and then right about that same time is when like COVID was really getting hit bad. And it was also like three days after George Floyd died. Um, mm. And the world, you know, like we, we were, you know, really the world was re- responding to that. Yeah. And between the pandemic going crazy, um the, the politics going crazy um racial injustice every it's like everything was powering down at once and then at that point that song just wrote itself i reworded it a little bit and it was really quick at that point and it was funny at the time because i was telling those guys like all right let's hurry and get this out quick because like if covid goes away really quick or something <laughs> then this song is going to be dated before it even gets released right and yeah. it's funny because now it's been nearly a year since that song is out. I think we released it in like early May, something like that. Um, and so we're coming up not too far from a year from that song being out. And I feel like it's still just as relevant now as it was then. It really is. So yeah, so, but to answer your question, no, it wasn't about someone specific for me um, as much as it was um, just the thought of anyone that's near and dear to me, um, family, friends, anything uh i don't want to live without them and we're living in this time where you know you catch this thing and you could have so much as a sneeze and be fine or it can take you out and yeah certainty of that is really scary and you know you're just thinking you know i don't want to live without you you know that's kind of where yeah, that line yeah. came from yeah well that's a beautiful song man um i i know that blake had a question about the drums on that song too yeah so when the drums kick in i was listening to it uh, a few days ago and uh when the drums kick in, I was like, it's very Aaron Gillespie-esque. Was that, uh, uh, yeah, like, it, so I don't know if that was the intention. That's uh, the first your reaction. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I forgot what the song is, and I can't believe I forgot it, but it's on Define the Great Line. It's one of the, like, really long instrumental songs that they have on there. To whom it may concern, maybe? To whom it may concern, yes. So, like, you know how, like, the drums... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this is, I'm getting a lot of Aaron Gillespie vibes. So I wanted to ask you if that was intentional. If not, kudos to you, because I thought that, and I thought it was super cool. Thank you. Yeah, no uh, <laughs> no Aaron Gillespie vibes. I mean, you know, maybe subconsciously, uh, but not nothing. It was just... It was, it was again, it was one of those things where... Um, a lot of the, the way that song builds is uh, it's kind of cinematic at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the first verse and first chorus kind of has like your chilled out kind of a folky vibe. Mm-hmm. Second verse kicks in and it gets electronic. Um, and that's yeah. another side of what Heartmouth does. I'm really big on, you know, the electronic side of things too. I love, I love the, those sounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it just, the way the song was building as I was producing it, I was just like, this needs like just to go rock and roll here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I got my friend Jesse, who actually, he, he's the singer and guitarist for the Bronze Age that I'm drumming for now, but at the time, we were just friends. He's yeah. playing he's playing all the guitars and stuff during that big drum part. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was just writing to what it felt like the song needed doing. Like, there's still, 
um, the whole song has this like four on the floor thing going on that just kind of, I, I feel like it makes the song more anxious that way, which is kind of what I was looking for. Um, but I wanted it to have like a rock feel at the same time instead of just that like in the club four on the floor thing. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of the beat that came out, but yeah, that's cool. I will gladly take and uh, <laughs> so with all with all your songs, I know they're they, they all feel like like your children, right? Uh, but is is there one song in particular that's your favorite by far, or just like a little bit more like liked than any other? I have so some of my favorite songs right now are songs that I haven't released yet I've written a lot of songs since my last official release last nice. May and I'm also doing a lot more so one thing I've done over 2020 is I started networking a whole lot and I'm working with a lot of other producers from all over the world um, that have me like singing on their tracks and stuff too so there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up in the next year or two that's going to be like so and so featuring heart mouth that mm -hmm. i'm that i'm doing songs yeah. for nice. um, and there's a lot of songs there that i really love that were some really cool collaborations and then some songs that i just worked on on my own time um that i'm really really loving um there's a song that i have called ben that i'm going to be releasing sometime soon i'm still deciding if i want it to be a single or i'm kind of teasing the idea of doing an ep um but that song i really like because it's super experimental um and there's another song that i wrote right after my last relationship ended uh called is this what you really want that's going to be coming out that i like that song uh for a couple of reasons i mean i i think i think it's got a shot um I like where that song is going just as far as the putting on my business hat, taking my artist hat off. And putting <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it has some potential there, but at the same time, like that song meant a lot because like that's writing that song, like helped me get over that relationship. Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like, everybody yeah. has like their crutches and stuff. And it was funny. Like after I wrote that song, I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm good now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before, you know, when you're go through going through hard times and stuff, it's bad. So that song is near and dear to me just for that. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of songs unreleased now that I'm looking forward to. If I had to pick a song that I that's currently out now that means a lot to me, definitely I think The World Is On Fire is up there just because of everything we just talked about, even though it still feels like that's like an anomaly of a song. Uh, it kind of felt like that was like, let's put Heart Mouth on break because here's a song that needs writing and yeah, let's put yeah, that out. Right. Now let's go back to what I was working on before, you know. Yeah. Um, but definitely probably that song. Um it's it's hard it's hard to say man yeah if i had to pick yeah. i'm just gonna say that song but yeah i think i'm more excited right now over some of the stuff that i haven't released yet it's it's kind of like a whole new chapter of kind of stuff i'm going for it's got a little bit of a different sound i feel like i've gotten a lot better at production and writing and mixing and stuff since then so it feels yeah. like it's gonna be like a real level up from the stuff that's out right now awesome can't wait to hear it that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be fun yeah yeah i, I hope so yeah <laughs> That's the, that's the one thing is like, I try not to get too attached to my songs now because a song is yours <laughs> right. until you release it. And once you release it, that's not your song anymore. That's your song. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Right, um, right. Your song and anybody else who listens to it. And it's not up to you to decide if it's a good song or not anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, so I enjoy the songs of mine while they're just mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> once they're not mine anymore, once they're out, I, I kind of try to just remember them enough to be able to play them live and stuff and otherwise just try to yeah. focus on, on the future. Oh yeah. Well, you, you definitely want to have something to build on too. You know, it's like, um, it, it, yeah. I, I, and you're not alone in that. I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, like it, 
yeah, the song's out. It's time to move on. I got to work on the next thing. So, um, what, so what is the, speaking of that, what, what is the writing process look like whenever you're putting your, your music together? Yeah. So, uh, is this, it kind of changes depending on like, if it's just something that I'm doing all myself or if it's something that I'm working on, like other producers and stuff with that can change a little bit. But if I'm doing my own thing, um, typically it, it kind of depends. So I, I, I try to test myself in different ways. I'm actually taking Ryan Tedder's uh, songwriting masterclass as we speak. It's like a month. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, I'm learning a lot of new things from that too. Um, but most of the time, um, if I'm just doing things for myself, I will wait until I have something inspire me. I'll be like in the shower or something and a melody line will come into my head or a certain set of words will come into my head. And then that will spark a writing session. And I'll usually write something around that. And then the song kind of builds around that. And at that point, the song kind of takes care of itself for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, other times there'll be times like if I'm working for someone else and they're like, Hey, I need you to uh, write vocals over this instrumental or something. Yeah. At that point, you have to, and I'll be like, okay, what do you want it to be about? And they'll be like, whatever, you know? <laughs> so yeah. um, you have to, it, it can be a little harder to create momentum when there's not pre-existing momentum or inspiration or anything like that. Like, how do you get creative when there's no inspiration in the first place? And then what I'll usually do there is um, I will take whatever chord progression I have um, and I will just riff off the top of my head different melodies um, until I find something that I like. And once I find something I like, I try to, uh, I'll try to beat it. Um, yeah. I'll go through a few other times and I'll either try to beat it and find something I like better. And then that turns it into the, into the melody or, um, I can't beat it. And I like what I did the first time and I'll stick with that either way. I'll know that way. And then at that point, a lot of times you'll be writing melodies and just gibberish will come out. You'll be humming it first and maybe like a little random word here or there comes out. Um, until eventually you, you, you make just enough of a foundation of something to where at that point you can listen to what the song's trying to say. And then it kind of writes itself. I have a very hippie approach to music, um, thinking that songs like it's our job to like do the bare minimum of like, okay, let's write a chord progression and like a word or two. And then at that point, just listen to what the song's trying to say. I, I believe it already exists in this like alternative like dimensions surrounding us and we're just like figuring out all the puzzle pieces to put together to figure it out. So yeah, I, I try to, the, no matter what, whether I'm doing something from scratch for myself or for somebody else, um, I try to do the bare minimum of my own thing until I figure out what the song is trying to do. And then it's really important for me to get out of my own way and let the song breathe how it wants to. So. Right. Sure. Well, since okay, so since you said that, we learned today that the heart math is just you, and you bring in other, other um, amazing musicians. Yeah. Uh, my next question is: Are you okay? So when you bring them in, are you open to their um, creative criticism? As in, like, um, like if 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 the musicians say, "Oh, okay, well that's not gonna work. What, what, what if we try this?" Are you like open to that? Or, or, yeah, or okay always. okay um yeah so so again even though i'm like kind of doing my own thing um you know the best music nine out of ten times anyway um <laughs> yeah. the best music happens with collaboration that's you know what is the point of music to begin with you know like music is one of the very few things in the world that everybody from all different 
corners of the world, different belief systems, non-belief systems, sexes, orientations, whatever. That's something we can always like listen to. And even if it's a different language that we don't know what the actual words are, the music can move us in the same way. Um, Music is meant to be a collaborative thing to either create or to experience. Um, So yeah, you have to be open to creative criticism and stuff like that because the only thing that they're trying to do is just make the best piece of art possible. And, you know, it's really important to get out of our own way of our own egos. Um, Cause at the end of the day, all I care about is a good song. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. But the song is always King. The song always wins over my ego or anyone else's ego. So, right. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that cause um, about several days ago, I, I was looking at over YouTube and I, and I saw the Metallica song side by true sung by another another band and did not speak English. I didn't know what they were talking about, but I knew exactly what they were talking about at the same time, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so I find uh, that very, very amazing that, you know, music can just bring the whole world together and just relax, you know? Absolutely. And, and again, like, call me a nerdy white guy, but I love Bon Iver. Uh, And if yeah. you ever listen to Bon Iver lyrics or whatever, like... Mm. I'm not convinced he even knows what the heck he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, like there, I don't know of hardly any artist that has written music that like makes me feel so deeply than any, any era of Bon Iver. It could be his old days of just doing folky stuff or his new days now where he's doing all sorts of weird stuff. And either way, it's just like, it's so beautiful to me because I don't know what the heck it is about, but (laughs) I know exactly what it's about. And it's weird. Yeah. 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 Cool. So we've, we've talked about it briefly because, you know, a lot of musical acts are impacted by COVID in the sense that they, they can't play live shows right now. Mm-hmm. Some of them use that to their advantage and it's like, okay, well, during this time, I'm going to write, 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 do whatever. Mm-hmm. How much of an impact has it had on you? Has it been more of a positive impact or more of a negative impact when it comes to your uh, music? It depends on the day. Like I can say today, um, positive, but I, you, we could be doing this interview tomorrow and I could be in a bad headspace. You know, yeah, sure. one yeah. thing about this, uh, this pandemic is it's always kind of like a, we don't know what tomorrow holds these days. Not that we did beforehand, but nowadays yeah. we especially don't. Um, and there's some days I can wake up and be more equipped to handle the way the world is now than others. Yeah. Um, happen to be having a good day now. So, uh, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it really, it really just depends. Um, one thing I will say that's happened over the course of this year is even though I haven't been able to play shows and that feels like it's making me go crazy right there, um, yeah. I have probably actually done more this year even though it doesn't seem like it on specific specific days but when you go look at the grand scheme of things over the past year i have done more for my music career behind the scenes than i ever have in my life i'm doing you know like i said before like i've I've, um i'm working with a lot of different producers now from over the world and um doing more collaborations now um working on more songs than I ever have, not only my own songs, but other people's songs as as well. Like people are coming to me wanting to like, I I feel fortunate to be co-writing on other people's songs and stuff now, even if it's not for like a release for me. Right. Um, And yeah, I've I've made, I've done more networking and made more connections this year than I ever have in my life. Um, Even though I haven't released a song officially since May, and I, you know, (laughs) who knows when I'll get to play a show again. Um, I spend, you know, 
19 out of 24 hours a day in this room right here. Um, yeah. And that can make me feel like I'm going crazy and not getting anything done. But when I really step back and look at it, yeah, I've done I've done more for my career this past year than I ever have in my life. And now I just can't wait because I'm also like, let's like talk about our Myers-Briggs for a minute. I'm a very avid ENFP, uh, which means, you know, like I want to get out there and I'm like, hey, notice me. Like, look what I can yeah. do. <laughs> it sucks but it's like i need praise you know um, <laughs> just love me um but so there's been none of that this year really um but um you know it, it, this year has kind of been like this year is a character development season and the next season hopefully some some main characters get some cool things to happen you know yeah <laughs> yeah because um i know that, that that bands can't go out and tour anymore i will at least yet you know but but um, Avatar, I'm not sure if you heard the band, but if you have, then that's great because they're an amazing man. They have a um, a a um, what is it called? Um, virtual virtual live concert, right? Yeah. So are are you are are you planning on doing one of those yourself, or or are you just focused on on writing more and releasing releasing them? It's fun you asked that because I actually just confirmed um, earlier today I'm going to be doing a virtual show. Uh, I wish I, I wish I knew more details just yet because it's really fresh, but it's going to be I, I think like either next week or the week after on like nice. a Thursday. Cool. You're yeah. going to be like next Thursday or the Thursday after. Okay. Keep track of my Instagram and I'll have like official results. But um, okay. cool. Yeah, cool. It's basically going to be so uh, me and my buddy John Sierra. He's got um, he has his own project too. And we're going to be doing a virtual show. Like he's going to be doing the show out of his house, and then my, and then me out of here. And it's going to be um, kind of like a like those Nashville style like writers in the round type things. Um, cool. So like he'll play a song, and then I'll play a song, and then back to him, back to me, and that kind of thing. And then we also we're going to be talking about the origins of the songs and how we go about songwriting, similar to how I talked uh, talked about it with you. Yeah. Uh, and just like how these songs came about and the inspiration for them and that kind of thing. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun thing. So yeah, that'll be a, an Instagram live, um, within the next couple of weeks. So yeah. Nice. Looking out cool. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Amazing. Uh, so do you have any, any music guilty pleasures? No, I, I don't because I am not guilty about anything I listen to. If you look at my data, <laughs> nice. I, I, get, I get roasted for this all the time, and I don't even care because if you look at my Spotify, my daily drives or daily mixes or whatever, it'll literally be like one minute, like one, like with the heavier music right now. I am so so into a band called Spirit Box. I don't know if you've heard Dude, of it. Spirit Box is awesome. Yeah, Spirit Box is my thing, and yeah. then the very next song that will come on is like exile by taylor swift and i, like, I yeah. do not care like yeah. and then there's anything and everything in between yeah i don't believe in guilty pleasures if you like it don't be guilty about it yeah there you go that's I, a good way to look at it yeah because yeah. i have a very eclectic um uh, music catalog in my i i, I in my uh, apple music and it goes from like like uh children bottom to 99 problems by ice tea and it's yes. like, and those things are like Two very, very, two, like, yeah. answers the whole spectrum, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. So I totally understand where you're coming from. If you like it, you like it, you know? Dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I was with my buddy Mike the other day, and we were showing, like, because we were introducing each other to new music. He introduced me to Spirit Box. Yeah. Um, like, that, that, he gets the cool points for that because, you know, the Spirit Box is really heavy and stuff, and, yeah. like, that's yeah. the cool thing. 
And then I introduced him. What he wound up really liking it too. That like right now I'm really into this artist. She's like a young artist. She's like from London. She's like this 21 year old like singer songwriter. Her name's Holly Humberstone. Okay. But she got those kind of like heavy vibes to her music. Not heavy like sounding, but just like lyrically heavy. Yeah. Um, just like it gives you that same feeling like listening to old like Radiohead and um, Bon Iver that kind of stuff. I, I compare it to like Dermot Kennedy, that kind of stuff. They're just like, you listen to your music and it ma- makes you just feel things. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly, um, yeah. And yeah. That's what I like show him. And he's like, how'd you find like this, like this, this person? Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. how I think it was like an Instagram ad or whatever, because I probably also like, you know, Taylor Swift and Lord and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll probably yeah. 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 I checked yeah. it out and I fell in love with it. So yeah, yeah like I, I have no guilty pleasures. I will listen to uh, to anything and everything. Um, yeah. The only thing you have to really sell me on is country. I'm really picky about my country. I either love it or I hate it. Okay, and, so uh, you got to like Johnny Cash. That's that's a good one. Right. We go. Okay. I good. We can we, re- we can remain friends, dude. <laughs> yeah, talk about yeah like Johnny that. Cash is the man, dude. Yeah. So whenever, uh, whenever. I started dating my wife. Her name is Allie. Whenever we, me and Allie started dating, we um, we merged our. Once we started getting serious, started talking about getting married, we merged our Apple Music accounts. Yeah, it's it's dun dun dun. But what what is cool about it is, like, I'll I'll get in the car, phone automatically starts shuffling through music, and it'll play whatever my normal stuff, and then like a power ballad will come on and mm-hmm. it'll be like Chicago or something. Yes. And I'm like, I'm not changing it. This is a no. good song. And I just keep driving and then whatever, uh, Slayer, whatever comes on. And I'm like, Slayer. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> to like getting older or maybe just the times are changing or some kind of yeah. combination of the two. But remember back like when we first met each other, like during the scene days and like mm-hmm. eating people, the thing, that, that sort of thing. You had to be real picky. Like if you're in a fr- if you're in a car with your friends, pressure yeah. is on when it comes to what comes on. You know, it's too. Sure. You got to yeah. play what is cool, and, mm-hmm. and that was the thing. And then now, like I can like I can be playing a song that's considered cool, and then it next could be a song that's like would only I would like um, hmm. compared to my <laughs> friends. They'll go to change it. I'm like, don't you dare! <laughs> don't, 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 right? Yeah. This song is on my recommended for a reason. That's okay? right. <laughs> yeah. We'll be just a bunch of hardcore kids, and I'm like, you're gonna sit here and listen to Evermore, and you're gonna <laughs> make it. <laughs> well, okay. So, so since I'm talking about this, I gotta ask you this before we we go to Blake's question. Um, but on this on, on this podcast, it's 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 called When the Word Show Music Speaks, right? So, is there a song that that really moves you in a way that you can't explain it to other people? Like, just grabs you, like so. There are, there are you know many. what I'm saying? Okay. So, when you said that, like a certain thought came into my head, which, like, when I say it, it's going to sound like it's really depressing and morbid. But I really mean it in like an oddly somehow like peaceful and like comforting and beautiful way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if y'all maybe I'm just weird. But if you've ever thought about like whenever our time comes to die, mm-hmm. um, if you could like nobody wants to die, but at the same time if you could die like on your own terms or whatever, like if you're laying on your deathbed, you know you have like four minutes left to live, which is roughly the time of any given song. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What would you want playing you out? 
Um, and, and there's a few for me just because those are songs that just feel so moving like that, you know? Um, and there is one song, hold on, I'm going to pull it up because I, I can't even, there, there's a song called Once I Was Loved by, I think her name is Meredith Garlow or something, Melody Garlow, Once I Was, yeah, Melody Gardo, sorry, G-A-R-D-O-T. Okay. Um, so once I was loved, and that is one song. Like every time I hear it, I swear it almost moves me to tears. Like yeah. Yeah. yes, it, yes, it's it crazy. Yeah. Like I highly recommend listening to that song, but only listen to it at a certain time. Don't listen to it at two o'clock in the afternoon around people. <laughs> like go for a night drive. Yeah, at the end of a long week when you're beat down, and listen to that song, and it is crazy. So that is one of them. Um, After Rain by Dermot Kennedy is another song that just makes me feel alive. Um, yeah. And say I've got a few by him. Like his his title track off of his record called Without Fear is another one that just like as that song builds, that song feels like a thunderstorm. Um, and it just it just feels epic. Um, yeah, yeah. So definitely. Um, yeah. It, so I know that's kind of morbid, kind of depressing, but no, it's going like, like, to be like a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I can relate to that. There's, there's two songs in particular that pop up at random on my phone when I'm in the car that you're right. If it's like a certain time of day, it's like, Nope, I'm not listening to this right now because it, yeah. it hits you uh, in a certain way and can bring you to tears. Uh, mine would definitely be uh, hear you me. Every time yeah. that, that song got me through a lot of days right after my grandpa passed yeah. a few years back. Mm-hmm. Oof, yeah. yeah. I'm right now thinking about that song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a record and like, yeah, that song, uh, Hear You Me 23 is another big one. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I love Jamie Heat World. Man. I do too. And it's, and uh, I made a, uh, my dad passed away when I was 16 and I made a uh, collaborate. I made two like picture collaboration videos um, just like that. I would share like on the anniversary of his uh, passing or his birthday or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first one I did was not actually to that song. It was to hello. I'm in Delaware by uh, city. Yeah. And uh, that was another one that like it would hit me. If I heard it just at random, it would be like, "This is not a good time. Let's just yeah. skip it right now." Um, and then I made yeah. another one too. Hear you, me. So like those songs, and my mom really likes those songs too. Um, You're just trying I'm, to wreck people's lives when you play. I that. know. Sorry. <laughs> like photo, like come yeah. on plus that song you're just you're just trying to drown out the room man yeah it's it's uh <laughs> those, are, those are tough to listen to but i would have to say that those are some of my favorite songs ever uh and uh it was really sweet of my my wife to i came home from work one day and it was around the time of my dad's like birthday and um she had that guitar right there uh and she was sitting there just playing out the chords to uh hear you me and they started wow. singing it and i just like sat on the couch and just kind of like sulked for a minute <laughs> Dude, you got that's goals right there but, man. But see, that's a good way like, that's a good way <laughs> <theory. laughs> hell yeah. yeah oh yeah that's goals right there man um yeah well, and a lot of it too is like not only like because the song you ever feel like and again maybe it's just because i have a very weird relationship with music like i, I personify music and if, if music were a lady i would marry her <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's how i feel about music like i'm yeah. literally in love with music um 
And and sometimes like when you have those really heavy hitting songs that just like move your soul, yeah. um, not only do you not want to listen to them at certain times of the day because like hey like I got work to do right now like let me not be like crying in the club right now. <laughs> right, like, right. Like respect to the song too. It's just like because of this time of day, like I'm not going to disrespect yeah. this song by playing it right now. I'm not going to play this song where I know the song is not going to get the the respect that it deserves to have right now. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like it's a mutual thing. Oh, absolutely. If I'm if I'm in a mood and I need to get it out of my system, it's like all right, I'm going to shut myself off from the world right now. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear the opening, <laughs> yeah. just just the opening to hear you me gets me. I'm like. <laughs> but um anyway uh if if you could if you could open for any band or a singer or a group of any kind living or dead who would it be living or dead that makes it interesting uh i will go ahead with my gut feeling dermot kennedy Mm -hmm. uh possibly even lewis capaldi i feel like that would be a really good time um I'm trying to think of dead musicians that I would love to play with. Um, I think that, I mean, it would obviously be amazing to open for like the Beatles when they were all alive. You know what I mean? Like that would be a crazy thing. I don't know if I've ever written music that would belong on a bill with them, but just (laughs) would be awesome. Um, I know uh, last year I sang the national anthem at Dorton Arena in Raleigh. Um, and that was a stage that um, that Jimi Hendrix played at one time. And just wow. even though he was dead, just being in, like the kind of feeling that gave me as an artist to to even be standing on the same stage performing mm-hmm. as a legend like that, just like it it gave me chills. It's a very humbling experience and stuff like that. So possibly even stuff you know something like him. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. There, there's too many. There's too many I could say <laughs> that right, I share. Yeah. With. Yeah. Um, but yeah, first thing that comes to mind is probably Dermot Kennedy. Nice, cool. I feel like he would work with what I'm actually doing right now. Who is who <laughs> would be like, that? Could be like something that I feel like is a tangible thing to work towards. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and uh, just use that motivation. Use that motivation all yeah. the way back from high school. Exactly. <laughs> You're never going to amount to anything in music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Show them what you show them what you got. You know. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So we have two more questions, and we'll we'll, we'll let you go because I know you're tired. It's almost twelve here. Um, <laughs> twelve I night. Yeah. I don't know, y'all. I'm a night owl, so I'm good. dude. I can't sleep until like two o'clock. You know. In the morning, yeah, so. you don't wind down my nights. Uh, I will wind down sometime in between two two thirty. There you go. There you go. Luckily, luckily I'm not a. I, I'm, I would love to be a morning person, but I'm not. But luckily, with my career, there's hardly ever a reason for me to be up too early. So I usually wind down around two a.m. and I usually start waking up around ten. Oh, nice. yeah. Okay, that's, that's that's not a bad schedule, you know. So, yeah. uh, well, we uh, you told you told us you were writing some songs. So, um, what? Uh, how far do we have to wait to hear those songs? Are it, it, is it gonna be next month or like next year? It won't be next year. Okay. Um, there is a chance that you'll hear some of my uh, f- like featured songs where they're not necessarily all heart mouth, but like I- I've been working a lot with a lot of like electronic producers doing top lines for them and stuff. There's a good chance you'll start seeing those maybe next month, if not next month, the- definitely the month after. Um, as far as like personal songs of mine, like just complete heart mouth stuff, 
again, I, I'm deciding on if I want to do an EP or keep doing the singles thing. Um, from a business from a business perspective, it mm. makes sense to do singles. But there's a collection of songs I have right now that feel like a collective story. Um, and I'm, I'm debating on an EP. So I, I wish I had an answer for you that was a little bit more concrete than uh, that. That's fine. It, yeah, it yeah. definitely will not be next year. Um, probably won't be next month, but um, it shouldn't be too much longer after that. Yeah. Well, I understand that it, that it takes a good while to, to, to produce music. So, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want, please don't, you know, don't rush me out, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some songs right now that are done, and even like I was going to release throughout 2020, and like again, like when all like the when everything started happening, the world like the COVID stuff, the the the, the George Floyd stuff, um, I kind of canceled a lineup of things I had right now because it just felt like it like it felt like I needed to be quiet right now. Like there's bigger mm -hmm. fish to fry in the world than yeah. people needing to hear my my music, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I just want to wait until it feels right to release. So there's songs ready to go right now, but um, I'm going to do it when it feels right. But at the same time, you can't wait forever because, like, if you wait for things to feel right, then you'll never get done. You right. Know I mean? That's yeah. part of the thing. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, you'll definitely hear some stuff. Like it's almost February. You will absolutely hear some new stuff from me before spring gets here. Cool. Or Perfect. Spring. Perfect. I don't know if you listen to a lot of podcasts, um, but uh, Matt and Toby uh, from oops from Emory uh, have a podcast called Bad Christian, um, and they kind of do their little updates of what's going on with the band on some of their episodes. And they talked about that one time about how it's it's easier to do the singles just little by little, and then boom, just drop an album. And it's like, yeah, everybody already knows it, but still like, yeah. So I, I feel you on that. It's, yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's, um, singles are a great way to, to constantly, you know, work the algorithms on Spotify and stuff like that. And the more music re you release the, you know, you'll work those algorithms depending on the kind of, um, response that you get for it. Yeah. Um, one thing about it though, like there is more work in a way that, and in, that's involved in singles, because the thing is like, if you're really going to release music, you need to do it the right way. So you need to, to schedule, you know, you try to land exclusive premieres, you need interviews, you need press, um, you got to, you know, um, submit to playlist after playlist after playlist. You got to do all these things to get your music out there. When you release an EP or an album, even though they're harder to make in the long run, the releases are a lot easier because it's like you can kind of, you know, you're promoting all the songs at once as one collective work. Right. Whereas when you're releasing singles, you need to be releasing technically about every six to eight weeks. Um, so it's like lather, rinse, repeat all over again. The minute that you that you get done with a press campaign, um, yeah. time to start the next because really you need to allow, by the time you start uploading songs to your distributor to release, ideally you need to actually wait about six weeks before you even release it. Um, and about, you know, the three weeks or so leading up to release day, you know, you're trying to get exclusive premieres, you're trying to get, you know, press and that kind of thing. Um, and then you're still doing other press releases about it for at least two to three weeks after the actual release. Um, and then by the time that time's done, it's kind of already started time. It's time to start announcing the next song. So it's, it's a lot more work actually releasing singles in a way when mm -hmm. it comes like from, from things that don't have stuff to do with the music directly right you know? right right um but yeah um 
yeah so I def- there's not an album in the works for me right now because it just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense for me to do an album right now but i i am thinking about doing an ep um possibly a five six song ep um yeah so i'm just still kind of weighing out options on if i want to do do that or just still do singles and stuff like that but yeah either way there'll be some music coming from me um by spring nice cool. nice cool so where can our listeners who maybe haven't heard of you yet uh where can they check you out to find some music uh follow you on your social media and things like that yeah so uh pretty much across the board uh you can find me at Heartmouth music um i see my my handle is below my name right here um if you uh I, i'm probably on instagram more than anything um yeah yeah instagram's kind of kind of kind of my thing um but yeah at Heartmouth music across the board and then literally anywhere you listen to music you can you can find what i've got released uh spotify uh, apple music itunes if that's your thing uh google play deezer title all the things so. so so what's the best service that you found that people uh cater towards more whether it's spotify or apple of uh, apple music Spotify is the coolest. Okay. Yeah. 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 Spotify is the main, the main one that everybody goes to, you know, it's, I'll, it's I'll say, I think Apple music sounds a little bit better. Um, yeah. But, uh, Spotify is just cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Well, we do really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, like, a, like Blake said, it's been a while since, you know, I mean, to, to try to get you on, but, but I really enjoyed this conversation with you. That's my fault. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, yeah, no worries. I know you said it was like September. I swear, yeah. like I'm blinked, and now it's you know my brain is still in last March. So oh, it's yeah. all good, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like any time. Um, cool. Um, yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, oh yeah, no yeah. problem. Yeah. And 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 we do hope that you you you'll come back later on once you get more uh singles release you know maybe we can talk about them you know I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll be on anytime um, okay. so. yeah awesome I, I would love to do like a follow-up like with anybody that we've that we've interviewed at post-covid shows are happening again yeah. what is and what is the feeling of being able to be on stage in a crowd of people again i'm sure it's just going to be an amazing feeling so can't wait it's like i said earlier like i'm kind of like a feral cat right now like you're gonna have to work <laughs> domesticate me again but uh at the same time i cannot wait until i can <laughs> there you go there you go well casey thanks again man really appreciate it um yeah, stay safe out there uh and uh thank you guys for listening and watching this video and uh everybody stay tuned for more content coming soon make sure you go check out heart mouth and uh we will catch you guys next time Next time, see ya. You've been listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast. Stay tuned for more, and thank you for listening.